He is an NBA veteran. He is a Michigan man, and he's also studio analyst and on the scene all the time. Bally Sports Detroit covering the Detroit Pistons. Our good friend Tim McCormick. Find him on Twitter at Tim McCormick forty. Uncle Tim, how are you, my friend? Long time no talk. How's life, partner? Fantastic, Anthony. How are you doing? I am. Uh, I'm trying to live the dream. That's that's all I'm trying to do. Just one one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, and a lot of excitement right now around this Pistons organization. That well, I mean, you know, we talked about it ad nauseum. The 22-23 campaign was probably one we'd like to forget about a little bit. There were some bright spots: the development of the young Jaden Ivey, the development of Jalen Duran, and what he might bring. But the hiring of Monty Williams to lead the charge now for this franchise. When you when you saw the news. Break. What what were you thinking? How is this? Uh, what's this fit going to look like for Detroit? It makes sense. And when when you look at where the organization is, they need somebody that that is going to be a little bit more of a closer. I, I didn't love the idea of you know a, a guy coming in that had never coached in the NBA as a head coach. I, I think that Monty Williams. His high character. He, you know, he's a good Christian man, which means a lot to me. He is no nonsense. I think he's a very creative offensive coach, and I also like the fact that he's walked this journey before. He took over a horrible Phoenix Suns franchise that won 19 games the year before he arrived, and then the last two years they've been among the best in the NBA. Um, I was shocked that, that Phoenix pulled the trigger and got rid of him because I think that he is the guy that is perfect. And they've also made some some other additions to their coaching staff as well. Steven Silas is going to join uh, Monty Williams. This seems like this is going to be a, a, a pretty good fit uh, as well. A guy coming over from the Houston Rockets who's obviously had some experience with a very, very young roster there in Houston. A lot of folks like to try to mirror the success of the two teams or the failures of the two teams and pit one against the, uh, against another. Maybe that goes back to you know the Cade Cunningham uh, draft pick and you know some other things there where it gets the internet a buzz, but as far as the assemblance of Monty's staff to this point, how do you feel? Well, I am. Um, I played for Paul Silas, so I've known Steve Steven since he was a little boy, and he's uh, he's a great basketball mind. Now there, there's a lot of intangibles that go with being a head coach, and I think that he might not be as suited to be the general as, as the, you know, the lieutenant or the colonel. Um, I think he's a really good basketball mind. It didn't work out in Phoenix. It seemed like, you know, in games where John Lucas took over for Steven Silas, you know, he got so, so much experience. It seemed like the Rockets did better in those scenarios. Um, Mark Bryant is, is a renowned, Big man coach, and I think he will help Wiseman. I think he'll help Duran and all the Pistons big guys. And they need help because you know last year I think they got by a lot on on skill, and now it, it's good to add some tricks. Now, when we when we take a look at the development of the Pistons bigs, I, I'm one of those people that I have no problem with the way that this roster has you know been constructed 
to this point with with Marvin Bagley. I think that there's something there that you know hopefully he can he can tap into and begin to kind of stretch his game a, a little bit uh, further toward toward the outside. I I love Jalen Durham. I, I can't get enough of that guy. I like uh, Isaiah Stewart. I just think that maybe he's a little undersized to be an everyday starter in the league, but he plays with such great tenacity. We've seen undersized guys. Ben Wallace here with this franchise was undersized, but when you play with that kind of heart and that kind of tenacity, and, and then you add in James Wiseman, a little bit of a project there. They tried some things at the end of the year, but those four with, you know, to make up the front court, to have some depth and to be able to have those four in a rotation. Do you, do you like the assemblance of that? There are some positives. There are some things that I'm concerned about the way the game is being played today. No one's really posting up, so you need big guys that show versatility, that can make perimeter shots, can play in the pick-and-roll game, um, can be lob threats. And and so I do think that at this point that that, that Bagley and Duran and and to a lesser degree, Wiseman, they, they all they all kind of do the same thing. Isaiah Stewart has shown he can make threes, but is, is he – and every day starting power forward, I, I think that you've got four centers, and I'm just not sure how you're going to be able to get minutes for all of them. I would not be surprised, especially with the draft coming and the opportunity to package something. I think one of those guys will not be here next year. Is there a leader in the clubhouse in your mind when it comes to this upcoming draft of who the Pistons, uh, who would you like to see them select? Well, I, I don't think that there there um, there's any way that we can accurately guess because we're not in the gym with the Pistons brass looking and working out the players. For me, what I I look I look at um, Cam Whitmore and I like him. I like the Thompson twins a little bit, um, but the guy that I I think is a really good fit is Taylor Hendricks, and at this point. You know, the mock drafts I've looked at have him getting selected further on down. So if the Pistons could add a piece and move down and get him, I, I would like that. And the reason is this team needs shooting in a big way. Uh, you know, Jaden and Cade and uh, the big guys have not, not really shown to be pure shooters. They, they do other things that are phenomenal. But at the forward position, Bogdanovich is, is 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 a knockdown shooter, but he's getting older as well. I would like somebody that can just stand out there and knock down shots, and also has stopper capabilities on the defensive end. Multi-positional coverage would be great for this team. You know, somebody like Taylor Hendricks, I think, can cover a four. If you switch him onto a two, he can contain the ball. So that that's a guy that. I like, but I'm not going to predict that the Pistons will take him because I think that I'm not in the gym, and and Troy Weaver knows a lot better what he's looking for. Tim, do you hate the term two-way player as much as I do? Because it's basketball, like you got to be able to defend, like you, you have to. I, I can't stand with somebody. Oh, he's a he's a two-way player. Like, yeah, of course you you should. I mean, it's five on five for God's sakes. Well, I think it's it's just emphasizing some guys are better at playing both ends of the court. Other guys are just scorers. So I I get it. I, I guess I've never really thought about it that much. I don't I don't have a, a hatred towards the term because um, I I think I, I I understand that it's it's a bit of an exaggeration with most guys. 
Yeah, I, I hear that. It just makes it just makes my skin crawl. I'm like, yeah, you better get back on defense and guard somebody. I mean, come on. If not, they're going to torch you. Like that's what's going to happen. But a lot don't. A lot don't. So yeah. I, I I hear what you're saying. That is the uh, that is the truth, isn't it? Is um. When we when we look at free agency, there's a lot of names floating around out there uh, because this team has a lot of cap space. And I I haven't when I look at the list, I don't know if I fall in love with anybody. But there is a guy there who has been here in Jeremy Grant that I feel like that would be kind of a kind of a nice reunion. Now that you know maybe Jeremy's role as would would obviously be drastically different, and he can come into a situation now where he doesn't have to be the primary option, and he knows he's the veteran presence on a very young team that does have a lot of potential. I can see that he was a great player here for the, for the Pistons. He was consistent. He was reliable. He was durable. Um, and and it's it's going to be really difficult. I, I I still think that to bring in a finished product player um, it does not really help in the long term because no matter what Jeremy Grant or Kristaps Porzingis or um, you know like Jordan Clarkson or D'Angelo Russell, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that that have proven they can score, but this team is probably still three years away from contending. And so if you're going to bring somebody in, I'd love to see them be a piece that's not going to be really ready for a couple of years so that everybody can gel at the same time. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. When you watch the NBA Finals, because you said, you know, not ready for, for a few more years. When you watch the NBA Finals, are there moments where you, you look at the, the, the matchup between the Heat and the Nuggets and you think to yourself, like, man, we're a long ways off? Or if you're like, hey, you know what? we might be able to dabble. We might be able to, we could be a 30 plus win team. No, I, I don't, I don't <laughs> see it that way. Uh, you know, so let me put it this way. Last year, the Pistons won 17 games. So can they double that number? That, that seems like a lofty goal to me. Um, if they get to 30, that would be a really nice jump. I'd be impressed. I, I would be hopeful, but still you're not even sniffing the play in game at, 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 you know, 30 wins. So, um, I like the direction. I, I like the people that they have. But when you look at the Nuggets and the Heat and, and the, the elite teams in the NBA, the Pistons have a lot of growth to do. First of all, I, I really am anxious to see Kate Cunningham and see where he's at because not only can you learn basketball by playing, I think there's a lot you can take away by sitting there and watching on a nightly basis tendencies, the flow of the game, reading things like that. And so I, um, I, I, I need to see him as a superstar. And then Jaden Ivey as a number two guy, and I make sure to see who they get in the draft. There, there's a lot of positives, a lot of things to be hopeful for. But the truth is that they're, they're still going to be a long ways away. The rehab process, Tim McCormick, can be a grueling one. It can also be very lonely um, because everybody else is, you know, whether they're traveling uh, for games or it's practice in film and everything else. And, and sometimes, you know, guys that get injured can, can you know, get basically get kind of lost in the fray. And James Edwards of The Athletic was reporting, he did a, he did a long piece about how active Cade had been throughout the course of the season just with the team in those film sessions, sitting in on practice, you know, doing his rehab at, at different times so he could stay, you know, as connected to this team as possible. And I, when I read that, I just felt, I felt very positive about the young man that this team drafted. Oh yeah. I like him a lot and he's a good leader and he's not phony. Um, yeah. I, I saw him before every game. We had some really good conversations 
And and there were some times that I thought he was really grumpy and he's hard to talk to. And and I thought that's real. That like that. Why why would you be happy? You can't play the game you love. You're frustrated. You're going to be sitting out for months and months. Um, he's a real guy, and and I I I think he's. I'm looking for a word. He's authentic. Like like when he felt good, he was really happy and fun to talk to. And when he's grumpy, I get that too. So I I am I'm a big Cade believer. I, I I sure do hope so because I read that. And I mean, I was hanging on every word. James does that to me with some of his stories. Though I got to remember, he's a he's a journalist and he's he's writing stories. But I get I get all caught up in it, Tim. That's what happens. All right, now as a big man yourself, when you watch Nikola Jokic, what what are we seeing here? Because he has been absolutely phenomenal throughout this entire playoffs. Uh, the NBA Finals, no different for him. His his numbers are through the roof. They can work through him in the high post. They can work through him in the short corner. Every time he touches the ball, it's like magic is happening. And he's not overly flashy. He's not super athletic. He's not going to jump out of the gym and dunk one on somebody's forehead. But he's always going to make the right play. He is, he is the most valuable player in the league, despite what anybody from Philadelphia might say. I mean, this guy is the truth. Does it make you smile as a big man to see a guy out there dominate the game the way that he does i'm mesmerized when he plays i i find myself not even watching anybody else on the court my eyes are fixated on Jokic. uh his his game is so unique uh i, I was looking the other day I mean, how how in the world do you score 30 but you also get yourself 10 or 12 assists and he he's a capable rebounder i think it's easy to pick on the fact that he's not super quick and he doesn't rebound. I mean, who does every single part of the game well? Uh, he's one of my favorite players of all time. I think his game would translate to high success no matter where he played, what what era he played in. And, and I, I can see him getting better. I also am such a big fan of Jamal Murray, his ability to move without the ball in the way that he and Jokic play. Um, Gordon and Porter complement each other. But but really, a hidden key to this team is something that should should make the Pistons shake their head. Bruce Brown, Kentavious, Caldwell Pope, guys that were here um, that I thought were really good players. They're key components on a a championship team, and you know, sometimes it's easy to, to to cast guys off too quick. Those those are those are two way players. I know you hate that, right? But I'm, I'm yep. gonna bring it back to you. <laughs> they are really good at both ends of the court. They're good leaders. They don't need the ball to be effective. They just they just make plays. Tim McCormick just hit me in the forehead with a shovel. That's what just happened, folks. The Denver Nuggets, I mean, they have six guys averaging double figures in the playoffs. Jokic's numbers right now, 30 points, 13.3 rebounds, and 9.8 assists per game, almost averaging a triple-double in the playoffs with an opportunity to close things. I mean, it's just, it's, it's simply incredible and fascinating. And one thing I really like about Denver and Miami, and I'd be very interested, Tim, if you kind of feel the same way, is that, you know, I didn't need to see the Phoenix Suns and Kevin Durant in the finals. I didn't need to see another year of LeBron or what ESPN was telling me. They had to be the Celtics and Lakers for the hundred millionth time. Like, I like the fact that it's Miami and that they have Jimmy Butler, who just seems like a very old school. I go to work and I'm just here to play basketball and none of this other stuff. And I look at it in a team like Denver. I, I see two very, like, well-constructed, really good teams that I feel like in a sport that's gotten very individual in recent years is kind of a couple of throwback squads. I agree with that. And, and I, um, I had a chance to play for Pat Riley and I see a lot of the things that he taught me 
that that have filtered down to his players. They're very much no nonsense, and I, I I really am pleased with the fact that that you've got two teams that pass the ball. They, they their scouting report makes sense to me. That they've got veterans that are great, but they've also got young players. And and I, I feel bad because I think that Tyler Hero is is a player that could have really made a difference in this series. He plays a lot like Jamal Murray. He's high energy, come off screen, shooting the ball. Uh, he, he can he can take over games with his scoring. I really hope he plays tonight because he's he's one of my my favorite intriguing players. And and I, I mean the series is over, but but he he could be fun to watch. He is Tim McCormick. You can find him on Twitter at Tim McCormick forty. You can find him on Bally Sports Detroit. The NBA vet, the Michigan man himself, Uncle Tim, my friend. Thank you so much for your time today, partner. We greatly appreciate you. Thanks, Anthony. Good talking to you.